group of refugees compromising of mostly Congolese, Burundian and Kenyan nationals have been evicted from outside the offices of the United Nations High Commission for Refugees uh, office in Brooklyn in Pretoria. Crying women and children pleaded uh, with the police to leave them alone. However, recent court order permitted the removal of the refugees who have been camping on the pavement of the UNHCR offices since uh, 2019. Nixon Kadembo witnessed the eviction process as he was there in Pretoria this morning and he joins us now to furnish us with more details. Nixon, good afternoon and thank you so much for making time for us. As you were there, as you were seeing this operation being carried out, the wailing cries of mothers and children as well, what went through your mind? It was horrific uh, in my own view, and uh, as much as I understand the refugee life uh, for over the years since I've been in South Africa for the past 20 years. Uh, but uh, just to give some context, these are refugees who, or and asylum seekers who uh, come back to the United Nations refugee uh, offices in Pretoria in 2019 in the aftermath of the xenophobic attack. And since after then, um, uh, they were uh, arrested and taken to Lindela Repatriation Center. Some of them, uh, the, the, the women were taken to Lindela, then the um, uh, men were taken to Hosimamburu prison. Uh, some of them spent three years without a trial. Uh, and the, the other, the women uh, were then uh, also uh, in Lindela for the for the three years, as they claim. And then afterwards, when the, the Department of Home Affairs released them, including the prison officials at Kosimamburu releasing those, they went back to the UN refugee offices, hoping that they would get assistance from there. And some of the claims that they wanted to be um, uh, repatriated to a third country, something that the UN Sierra could not do. So uh, after evicting the, uh, I mean, uh, getting the court order of uh, uh, the city of of, of, of Tuane, uh, after getting the uh, complaint from Kosan residents and the castle, and then they got the eviction order. That's uh, what happened today. Mm. But what is horrifying, uh, Eldrin, is that to see uh, a, a month-old baby. Uh, whom I, uh, I was told that was born on the street and eventually when he, uh, the mother took the baby to the hospital, even the, the hospital refused uh, to register that particular child, you know, uh, claiming that they don't know where the child was born from. So uh, you can uh, you can assess a, soft, a sense of precarity uh, for just talking to those refugees. Yeah. And then uh, for me, there's an interesting... Um, uh, I think maybe a point of discussion, especially when it comes to international law as well as what the mandate of the UNHCR is, because with the experience of these people and the uh, and the context that you've just given now as well, is that, um, listen, these are people who, of course, came to South Africa. They got the refugee status, some of them, but felt unwelcome in the country because of the xenophobic attacks that were taking place or the Afrophobia attacks um, that were taking place. And then they look at the UNHCR and says and say, take us to another country. And the UNHCR says that we don't have such a mandate. But what then happens when a country has taken a decision that says uh, we are signatories to these international laws as well as these statutes? However, though, our communities, unfortunately, are not willing to take these people in. What other recourse then would there be for some people who have sought refugee status in a country like South Africa? 
I guess we need to read what the international obligations uh, that uh, and the international treaties that uh, the country has signed to, but also uh, looking at the rights of of the citizens themselves in terms of the complaints that have been raised against uh, refugees and and asylum seekers. And also we need to mention that there are also some asylum seekers who, despite being in the country for the past 10, some 15 years, some, as I spoke to them, have spent even more. Some I spoke to one woman who said that she she has spent here 20 years with about four, three children. It is difficult at this time to ascertain what is the next recourse that they are going to obtain uh, after it has been kind of a, a shifting uh, goalpost in terms of uh, what is uh, their right, what is the, 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 the obligation of the state towards these refugees, and what is the, 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 the role of UNCR on, on the, this particular matter. So uh, it's, I guess it's quite complex, and maybe legal equals should, should come in. I spoke to one of the professors uh, from the... UNISA, uh, uh, who, who teaches the refugee law, who are saying that the country is now shifting uh, uh, its, uh, its obligation towards the refugee and trying to uh, uh, tie to the nuts and uh, not uh, accepting any more uh, asylum seekers or refugees. And even those who have been on a, a refugee uh, papers, some of them are being outrightly rejected, and uh, he she put uh, uh, that figures uh, according to the statistics that she have at ninety percent of rejection. So uh, it's quite uh, difficult at this yeah. point in time by law who is responsible for what and who has can be held accountable and where are the transgression part of these asylum seekers and refugees. Nixon, thank you so much for your time. Nixon Katembo, African Affairs commentator.